So we're having this remote conversation in which we are seeking to discover and maybe rediscover the promises of God for those of us who follow the person of Jesus Christ. Because in an uncertain and unpredictable season like the season we're in, we want to build and bank our lives on the unchanging declarations God has made that are backed by the weight of his name and his very glory. And so last week we talked about what I believe to be the premier promise of God for his people in a season like this, the promise of his presence, God's guarantee that he will be with us and nothing can remove his presence from our lives. Now, we, we want to talk about another simple and yet really significant promise. Again, a promise that I believe we can stand on with full confidence in a season of uncertainty and in a season where, if you're like me, you may be prone to worry a little bit about some of the things we don't know and some of the things we cannot control. And this guarantee is actually made by the person of Jesus himself. And it's found in Matthew chapter six, starting at verse 31. I'm going to read this section of scripture even now. Here's what it says. Matthew six, verse 31. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I don't know who needs to know this. I don't know who needs to believe this. I know I do, but God guarantees his provision in our lives. Did you see that in verse number 33? It says, and all these things will be given you as well, and Jesus says, if you're worried about things like what you eat or, or what you drink or how you take care of your kids, stop it. God will provide. In fact, he says the pagans, those who don't know God, tend to fixate and focus on these things. But you Stop. Your father not only knows exactly what you need, but he has guaranteed that he will provide everything that you need. And so Jesus's invitation is to fixate on his kingdom and focus on him and watch him provide everything that you need. This promise of God's provision is powerful. And it's a powerful invitation, by the way, for us to trust God as our ultimate source. In fact, if you asked me, I suspect that part of this season in which we're living is a beautiful re-invitation 
to see and trust God as our ultimate source of provision. Because here's the thing, in seasons of plenty, we tend to start believing my job is my ultimate source of provision, but it's not. My bank account is my ultimate source of provision. My parents, they're my ultimate source of provision. Well, my, my education and my five-year plan and my investments are my ultimate source of provision when ultimately God is my chief source. Now, please don't, don't be ridiculous and start talking about, well, in that case, I'm never going back to work. I'm going to trust God to be my source and to supply everything I need and send ravens. Well, you're going to starve to death. God is our ultimate source of provision, but he uses channels through which to deliver his provision to us. I think what we often do, especially in seasons of plenty, is we mistake the channel for the source. And this promise is a re-invitation to see God as our ultimate source and not the different channels through which he provides for us. Jesus promises God will always provide. And I'm just asking, do you believe God is your ultimate source of provision? Or are you praying for things to go back to whatever normal was, which for many of us means, I wanna get back to this place where I never have to pray, give us this day our daily bread because the channel has become my source and I know exactly where my supply is coming from. Do you bank and build on the promise that God will always provide for you now? For me, I struggle with this a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't feel quite practical. And uh, you may wrestle with the practicality of just living with this belief. God is my source. God is going to supply. But you know who's really helped me to grow in believing this? It's the Old Testament character of David. Because David wrestled through this very thing. And in fact, he captured his thoughts in one of the most famous passages of scripture in all the Bible, the Michael Jordan Psalm, Psalm chapter 23. Look at what David says. It's helped me immensely, and I trust it will help you as well. This is Psalm 23, starting at verse 1. This is what he says. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. <laughs> okay, just for a quick second, let's, um, let's, let's do this thing where we are super honest with each other, if, if you don't mind. When was the last time you woke up, rolled out of bed, and said, um, well, it would appear that I have it all. I mean, I'm looking around and there is nothing I need. Yep, I lack nothing. I am good. 
I'm just saying I cannot remember the last time I woke up and made this kind of a declaration. Is that even possible? And yet apparently it's not just possible to wake up and make the declaration, I lack nothing, but it is what every follower of Jesus Christ ought to claim every day. I lack nothing. How do I know that that's true? Well, because of what David says here in this passage, he says, if God is your shepherd, if God is your guide, if God is with you, then you lack nothing. You have every provision that you need. Okay, time out uh, real quick, because if you're anything like me, then your inner cynic is screaming, oversimplistic, impractical. This right here, pastor, this is why people don't believe the Bible. Well, apparently my inner critic sounds like a poor man's version of Matthew McConaughey, right? Because I can think of at least 23,000 things that I need right now. Are you telling me God's not with me? Because right now I'm lacking a number of things, if I'm honest. I'm lacking access to my barber, which explains some of the homeless chic look that I'm sporting. I lack the ability to walk by the cupboard and not kill all the snacks in there. Uh, I lack any real certainty about how this COVID-19 saga is going to end. I lack the freedom to hang out with my friends. I lack any certainty about a steady paycheck. How can you say that those of us who follow Jesus can make the declaration, I lack nothing? That seems a little bit crazy. But then, man, I messed up. <laughs> My inner cynic messed up and went and studied this verse a little bit more. And what I found was so incredibly helpful. And one of the things I discovered right away was that the governing idea in this verse is the same as the governing idea in this season. It's the idea of essential, essential. In fact, the NIV says, I lack nothing, but another version says, I want for nothing. The, the old NIV, New International Version says, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. And I did a little bit of digging into that. And the idea behind this verse is the idea of lacking no essential thing. And that makes such an incredible difference. And it messed up my gripe with this promise. And it started to deepen my belief in the provision of God. Because here's what it's saying. If God is my guide, I lack no essential thing. 
I can wake up and say with David, there is nothing I need that I do not have. Okay, 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 but, but what do you mean by need? I'm so glad you asked. The idea of need in this verse is having everything I need to follow where God is leading me. The kingdom definition of essential is the idea that I have everything I need to follow God in freedom and fullness and joy to wherever it is that he is taking me right now. Because that's what a shepherd does. He leads us. This is really good. So David is saying to every follower of God, Jesus is saying to every follower of God, that if God is my guide, I have everything I need to follow wherever he leads. And in that sense, I can say, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. See, the, the problem I had with this oversimplistic verse, the reason I struggle believing the promise of God's provision was my definition of need. Now, please understand that what I'm about to say, I love you, but here it is. I think in a culture of affluence, we've been spoiled a little bit. And one of the things that we have done is we've redefined the word need. And now our hearts are at war with our wants. What we've done is we've taken the things we want and we've made them into needs. And so when we make our list of all the things we need, we are just speaking about the things that we really, really want. The question is, is that thing essential? for you to follow where God is leading you. Because we use this word quite uh, a, a lot. No, 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 no. I, I need it. I need it. I need it. I'm an extrovert, man. I need my social time. Otherwise, people, they start to get hurt. I need it. Well, do you, though? Oh, I'm an introvert. Being stuck in this house with this one person and, and this cat is driving me crazy. I need my me time. And your family thinks that you have a serious case of the runs when the reality is you're just hiding in the bathroom because you need that alone time. Do you, though? We use the word need a lot. In my house, I hear it a lot. No, I need more phone and Fortnite time. There has to be a verse in the Bible in which the Lord says parents must because we need it. Yeah, but do you really need it though? I need a significant other. Do you? Do you? I need to know where my next paycheck is coming from. Do you? 
I need the freedom to be able to, to get out of the house and go wherever I want to, whenever I want to. Do you? And funny thing of all things is all of a sudden toilet paper is even an essential need. I don't even know why, but we need it. The question is, are the things you are defining as needs, things that are essential for you to follow God where he is taking you next? Because that's how David is using the word in this passage. I need my health to be 100%. Do you? What this redefinition of need does is it then freezes our lives until we have that thing that we believe we need. And our life becomes focused on going after that thing because life starts when I get that thing. What this redefinition of the term need does is it actually creates in us this disappointment with God when he doesn't provide the thing we need. And we find it hard to believe God provides because he didn't provide the thing that we defined as a need. But the question again is, was that something essential for you to follow where your shepherd was leading you next? Because that's what this idea means. And Jesus says, I promise God will provide what you need. David says, I promise if God is your guide, if he is with you, he will provide everything you need and you will be able to wake up saying, I lack nothing. Which means, if you don't have that thing right now, maybe it's not because God doesn't provide. Maybe it's because you don't need that thing right now. Whew. That's been difficult for me to wrestle with. I'm not going to lie to you. For what God is doing in my life in this season, and for where God wants to take me in this season, maybe I don't need that thing right now. I pray the spirit of the living God will bring freedom to some of us who are living like COVID-19 has broken into our world and it's robbed us of all the essential things that we need. When the truth is, if God is with you, you lack nothing you need in order to go where God is leading you. So please hear me. If you look around you and that thing ain't there, maybe it's because you don't need it for where God is taking you right now. If you look around you and that thing is not there, maybe it's because there is no room for it where God is taking you next. If you look around and that thing is not there, is it possible that maybe if you had that thing, you would never consider going on this new adventure with your God? If you don't have it, maybe you don't need it 
right now. As painful as that may be to believe, maybe somebody ought to just declare it in the comments. Maybe I don't need it right now. Maybe I don't need it right now. How much freedom there is in that place where we believe God provides everything I need. And if I don't have it, maybe it's not essential to go where he's taking me right now. I don't know about you, but I've been wrestling with this and, and every temptation in me wants to rush out of this season and go back to the place where I have all of the things I had before you know this pandemic began. But I don't want to rush out of this season and miss the ways in which God is maybe saying, I've allowed a season of you being separated from some things because of where I'm trying to take you right now. Do not miss what I'm doing. Do not miss where I'm taking you. Do not miss what I'm actually providing for you in this very season. You were single. And I'm just saying maybe that's because what I'm doing in your life right now does not require a significant somebody. Man, school has been suspended. Maybe because what I'm doing in this wave of students' lives right now require them to be in different contexts than they've been for quite a season. I wonder what might happen if we started believing I'm not stuck in my home. I'm in a place where I have what I need to follow where God is leading me right now. Now, we got stuck on, on one verse. Let, let me show you really quickly what David says in the next verse. Psalm chapter 23, verse 2. This is so cool. He says, he, God makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Oh, I love that. I love that. In fact, let me read this again. He, God, makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And somebody needed to hear that the intention of your father's heart is not to strip you of the things that you enjoy. Lest we be tempted to say, well, maybe I don't need it. Maybe God doesn't want me to have anything good. Maybe God doesn't want me to delight in anything. No, David said he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. No, God just wants us to come back to this place where we trust him as our ultimate source of provision and we follow him as the shepherd. But as we begin to do that, you start to discover just how good God is, just how much he's for your joy, just how much he's for your freedom, and just how good he is at providing not just what you need, but all manner of good things. Jesus says he will add to our lives more good than you could have possibly gathered by chasing after your once. I love what this verse says. And by the way, verse 2 is this picture of um, an expert shepherd 
who is really skilled at scouting the best and greenest pastures for his sheep to enjoy. And that's the picture of God in your life. He is constantly scouting the next place that he could bless you. He's constantly scouting good for your life. But he wants us to start by declaring him as our ultimate source and following him more than chasing after anything. Follow me and I promise I will provide. I am stalking some supply centers for you right now. I'm taking you to greener places right now. Even though this route seems a little bit rough, I am taking you to better and more beautiful places. Later in this chapter, David says that God prepares a feast at a table in the presence of his enemies. And he says his cup overflows. What an amazing picture. And I just want to tell somebody that the God who supplies for you is not a God of scarcity. He's not a stingy God. He is a God who wants to ensure that what we're experiencing is life and life abundantly. But he wants us to follow him and trust him as our ultimate source of provision. Man, I, I want to make a couple of quick recommendations as we wrap our time together. One we started last week, and it's this idea of the practice of promise placement, where I, I'm encouraging you to, 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 to declare the promises of God in writing. Put them somewhere where you can see them on a regular basis. God is my source. Come on, write that in the comments. Write it on your social media outlet. You can download, you know, our graphic that's going to have that declaration so you can see it on a regular basis. God is my source. Write that on your checkbook. Write that on every bill that shows up to your house. God is my source. Write that in your refrigerator so you're reminded God is my source so that our hearts can start to believe and come back to the place where we truly believe our God will provide for us. And the second thing I want to say, and I won't say much about this, Continue to live generously. If God is your source, if you really believe God is your source, everything in you right now is going to start to scream, conserve and don't be generous. But if God is your source, you can trust him. And one of the greatest ways to demonstrate my trust in God is to continue to sow in generosity to my neighbor who I know has needs, to sow in generosity, to folks in my church I know are struggling, to folks in our community who we know are struggling to put food on the table, to colleagues that we know have been furloughed or maybe they've been laid off. This is the time for the church to rise up and make a statement. God is our source. Watch how much we trust him by how generous we are with what he has provided us with. And we know we will wake up tomorrow and make the declaration, I lack nothing because God is ultimately 
my source. Come on. I invite you to believe that. I dare you to believe and lean and build on the promise of a God who will provide for you. I'm going to pray before I get way carried away. Let me pray for us. And again, I would encourage you to stick around and and wrestle through this in interactive group conversations. If you don't have a group, you can just check in the comments section how to get a hold of one of these groups. Better yet, just start a group. We're going to have the questions for you to be able to lead a conversation of your own. But let me pray and then we'll sing together. Father, thank you so much that you are our Father who knows. You are our ultimate source. You are the one who provides for us. And even when we're going through seasons of what feels like scarcity and what feels like little, we have everything we need to follow you. And as we follow you, you will continue to supply and provide not just what we need. We know that's the promise but you will see that our cups are overflowing so we can continue to be generous in the world around us. Thank you for that promise. We stand on it. We bank our lives on it, even in this season. In Jesus' name, amen.